I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, hi, I'm joined by my old buddy and my old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. Hi, how you doing? Has that just gone a little bit Northern Irish, by any chance? Is that yeah. What kind of accent's that? Yeah. yeah. Straight out of Belfast. Mm-hmm. An Irish mother called Steve. <laughs> I'm not very good with lyrics, if I'm honest. No. Don't think rapping will ever be my game. Good, because Packers are. This is a good one. It is. It is. UK Pack. I think we're going to disagree on this one. Yes. But the thing is, we're going to disagree because there's so many good receivers that can make the team. And we have only got two, but we're going to cheat a bit, aren't we? Put in a slot. We are going to play in a slot. So you'll see that we've got a fullback currently on our all-time pack team. Mm. Um, and obviously, we could choose to leave the fullback on the bench mm-hmm. or even the running back on the bench, for that matter, and put in the extra receiver. So we are going to go for uh, three receivers we're going to pick today. And even that is going to be a hard task to agree on. Is it, though? Is oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Asking the rhetorical questions again. Is it? Let's ponder that for quite some time. Well, one gets it for me, and I've heard some jip going on on the um, UK Packers accounts about Don Hudson not getting in there just to take the piss out of me, and I don't like it. I think people want to see you blow up, and oh. uh, and th- and that's why. Hmm. But and they yeah, will. look, they will. Yeah, and you will. And uh, I think now there's a great expectation on me to try and deny you Don Hudson, which I don't know that I really want to do. But you know, if the if if the if the fans are calling for it, oh, don't you do you know dare! I mean? Do you know what I mean? Well, come here. Look, what we should probably do is come here I'll, to me. Come here to me. You. I'll, we'll do a <laughs> leave it out. Leave it bleed now. Conor McGregor. You gonna watch that, by the way? Yes. Are you gonna pay your cash money twenty twenty blips to I do it? I'm gonna, gonna pay cashish money for that because either it's gonna be. Conor McGregor, let's face it, he kind of started off life as a boxer. Now, I don't really watch MMA, and I used to watch a lot more boxing than I do now. Mm. But he kind of started off that way. Um, And, okay, Mayweather is one of the best, but he's kind of chose his fights a little bit through his career. Um, And he is getting to the ripe old age of 40. So there's a good chance that Conor McGregor could do something. But I think, to be honest, just the, the class of Mayweather will win out. And I think Mayweather wins. But that's not to say I don't want McGregor to win. I would love to see him do it because it'd just be good fun. Um, and I saw a great comment as well on social media is um, somebody was questioning maybe his ability to box. And they simply put, of course he can fight. He's Irish. Oh. So there you go. Yeah, a bit of token racism. Why not? Yeah. And he can have a pint in the thing as well. God, now Maybe the thing have is, a good drink after. Conor McGregor, he comes from a really rough area in um in Ireland. You know, like that accent that he has, because it's weird. As an Irishman, sometimes it's his normal accent, and then sometimes, sometimes when he talks, he tries to make it legible for other people listening to him. You know, and he sounds weird. That's really weird over here. It's like, what are you doing? Um, so really, when he's talking, he's talking like that. Now that's the way he should be talking. Do you know what I mean? When he starts getting animated and all that. So that that's the way he should be talking. Yeah, he can do it. He can win with him. But you know what? Like I'm not gonna. He's a. I like him because 
it was like when I used to hate Ronaldo because he was kind of a showboaty footballer, you know. And then I watched this, you know, breaking him down scientifically, and it turns out he's just an unbelievable human being. I saw a similar one on Conor McGregor where they, you know, measured his balance against the top surfers in the world, and he beats them and all, you know, stuff that he shouldn't be proficient in that he is, and I had a lot of respect for it. Um, so yeah, it's anyway. How did we get there? How did we get there? I don't, I don't really know. I don't know how we got to that. Yeah. Anyway, right, two heavyweights here. So me versus you. Let's bring our number one guy to the table. And let's not do, let's not do this thing of like, let's discuss, um, you know, something obvious, like why, you know, processed sugar is bad for you. And I'll argue against it. No, let's not argue against good facts. But if you have something that you want to throw in and say, eh, don't really regret it, that's fine. But can we pick one? You pick one. And then we go to the fans maybe and see what they're saying. And... I, look, to be honest with you, when researching this, I went to my old buddy, my old pal, sorry, Ryan, this is the original guy, Don Hudson. Don Hudson. <laughs> oh, man. And I just spent most of the time researching this throughout the week, just watching Don Hudson videos, him speaking, people speaking about him. And I, I I found it very hard to get past Don Hudson. So I have a lot of stories and a lot of stats about Don Hudson and just how great he was to, to press home. Did he come into your research more or did you kind of just paste over because you knew that he's my guy? Yeah, I would, I'll be honest with you here. I saw I saw an opportunity to uh, not have to do so much homework um, because <laughs> I knew <laughs> well, I'm just right. being honest. Right. So look, you were always going to talk about him. Obviously, you've spoken about him before. He's one of your great heroes, if you like, from the Packers history. And of course, everybody recognizes this guy to be it, to be a hero, to be a legend. So I think everybody's got it. But yeah, I did want to let you lead the way on this one, because I know that you've read up on this guy over and over and over, you know, you, this is your man so i'm going to let you have the floor here and then uh and then to yeah just back up the guys on on all the social media that just want to wind you up i'll disagree with you Ugh, well you can't i'm going to make sure you can't because and all i'm going to do is i'm not going to take credit for it this is don hudson's career the guy was incredible first off just a really really nice guy if you look at him in his old age and he's chatting he's just really down to earth and from the stories that come out people said that about him when he was a player in green bay he was very approachable on top of that this guy he had to be approachable in a way because he was a bit of a businessman and that's why i like him as well in college uh ryan he had he was running a laundrette with one of his college mates who was also became a football mm-hmm. uh, player bear bryant and then he was running a bowling alley in Green Bay that was so popular that he even considered retiring from the game and running that full time. Now, bear in mind, this is a guy who was earning uh, three, not three, three hundred, at uh, three hundred dollars a game. Curly Lambo offered this guy three hundred dollars a game in 1936. Bear in mind, and anybody listening, you probably have parents who said that they bought their house for like eight grand, you know, back in the 80s. So if you can imagine how much money, and apparently the story goes from Don Hudson himself, they had to pay him 150 quid in one check and 150 quid out of another bank account in another check so that no one would know how much he was being paid. So that amount of money, that successful of a businessman, but really approachable, also ran a motor dealership in Green Bay in Racine, I think, after his um, career was over. So nice guy uh, and funny guy. Apparently, you could sort of take the piss out of him. He wouldn't sort of joke too much back, but he did have a sharp sense of wit. But to his career... Uh, 11 seasons in Green Bay, three times NFL champ. He brought them to four uh, NFL championship games, 
but lost it because he was actually injured in that game. They tried to sub him on a couple of times, but he couldn't get out and going because he was injured. But, you know, they tried to get him out there. So won the NFL Championship in 1936, 1939 and 1944. This is what gets it for me. He led the league in receiving seven out of his 11 seasons and in receiving touchdowns in nine of the 11. There was another guy who played for the Bears at the time, which gave him a good run for his money. By the time he left the NFL, he had three times as many touchdown receptions as any other receiver. And as well as that, he basically redefined what it was to be a wide receiver. He sort of invented a lot of those routes that we see in today's game. A lot of them came from Don Hudson and his imagination. And he was doing it all the way back when he was in college. His standout game was during the Rose Bowl. And that's where he sort of, he really came to prominence and the whole country sort of stood up and and looked at him and paid attention to him and after that game it was something that Lambo wanted to get him in for um so after that Rose Bowl game Lambo said to him I'll sign you for the 300 quid and Hudson from was from down south and they didn't really respect the game then there no one gave a shit really and they had they were into their college game but they weren't really into the NFL so he didn't care particularly what team he played for as long as they paid him the most money and that's why he said he went to Green Bay because they paid him the most but an interesting story was he signed a contract for the Packers but then also signed a contract to the Brooklyn Dodgers which sounds like a baseball team but they're actually uh, uh, an American football team back in the day back in the 30s and um, he went and sent off both contracts at the same time and didn't really care where he went and the contracts came into the NFL head office on the same day but 11 minutes apart and because the contract for the Packers came in first that's where he ended up signing so like the Rose Bowl he had two super long touchdowns 54 yards 59 yards um uh, 165 yards in total at six catches and that's what you'll find with him is that his catch total is actually quite low um, but the amount that he converts that to touchdowns is unbelievable. One in every five of his catches was a touchdown reception. Now, Ryan, can you imagine those odds? You know, like it's in the modern day NFL, you have all this sort of, you know, dump off passes and all. This guy used to catch ridiculously long passes, run them in for touchdowns. He said that yeah. he had a deceptive speed, you know, in the sense that you try catch him and then he just turned on that second gear and the gate in his run was very hard to keep up with almost like you'd think that you're gonna catch up on him and so you'd measure your run and all of a sudden he just run by you he was very deceptive that way yeah Yeah. i think his one of his longest uh was it his longest touchdown longest reception 92 yards yeah nearly the whole field and uh one thing that i was also impressed with is in all those receptions in all those games played he only ever fumbled the ball once so he's you know not only a fantastic receiver but possibly the safest pair of hands on on any of the packers teams yeah, because you can even see like the some of the balls that he catches. They aren't the spirals that we see today. An awful lot of credit, though, has to be given. And he gives this himself to Arnie Herber and Cecil Isbell. So they asked him uh, in one of the videos that I watched, like, you know, what's the difference between the two lads? And he said that he would class them as some of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Cecil Isbell was the guy that we spoke about before that retired early because he saw Lambo going around and sacking people. He said he didn't want to have that same fate, so he just left. Um, and he says that if he would have continued playing, he would have been spectacular. He said he was the most consistent and would have been one of the best all time. But he told a brilliant story about Arnie Herber. He said he was one of the best guys to throw the long ball. Before I tell a story, and I, I try not to wax too lyrical about Don Hudson, but I, I think he's a guy who gets forgotten, especially with the recency bias that we see when we always do these polls, right, Ryan? That people forget about these old guys and are not really interested in, in looking at them. Um, so Arnie Herber, uh, yeah, I'll get on to the story after, but it's, 
apparently Don Hudson was first signed he was in the locker room and all the Packers players used to listen to this radio show at the start of the game for 30 minutes and for 30 whole minutes this radio host was saying how much of a bad idea and a crap decision it was for Lambeau to get Don Hudson to Green Bay that he was going to be no use and, and all the rest of it so all the lads I in did, the locker room I did not realise that Skip Bayless was that old yeah I know right that's unbelievable <laughs> really look at his face it's, it tells on his face <laughs> well, um, <yeah. laughs> so look him in the eyes um, so uh, they're all in the locker room they're all looking at Hudson and sort of looking at him as if say Jesus you know and maybe a bit of doubt was creeping in they're going that you know they used to listen to this radio host all the time it's how they got geared up for the game and here he is devoting the whole show to how much of a piss poor decision it was to bring Hudson to Green Bay so uh, the Packers received the kickoff first first kick of the game the ball comes out to the 20 yard line the first pass that is thrown is an Ar- Arnie Herber pass to Don Hudson on the first play of the game he runs it for an 80 yard touchdown right the Packers win 7 zip and beat the Bears that day and the rest is history the radio host wasn't on the radio and they never heard from him for ages he just was nowhere to be seen so that'll give you an example of what a good start that he got off to but with Arnie Herber uh, as a quarterback he gets an honourable mention and I think that's why Don Hudson had a lot of his success Uh, Don Hudson tells this story that uh, they went to play these exhibition games up in wherever it was you know they sort of went around the country Hawaii was a popular place even back then but they went to play this um, exhibition game and MGM wanted to record a little mini feature film or well a little mini short let's call it because you had your that's why they call it you know what the feature film is because if you went to the movies years ago you'd have the feature film but you'd also have these little mini movies and cartoons and stuff to come on so one of the little shorts that they wanted to do was on the Green Bay Packers so of course typical Hollywood style the lads get a glass pane three foot by three foot and hang it on the goalposts right and they get Arnie Herber and they stand them on the halfway line the um, 50 yards and they say to him, right, you know, we have all day, all week. What we want you to do, Arnie, is is get this ball and throw it through the, the pane of glass. They thought he, he was going to be there all week. He hits it with the first two shots. The first two shots out of it, treads it through the glass. Unbelievable, like. And that's the type of quarterback that Arnie Herber was. The most accurate over long distances. So, Don Hudson held nearly every single record wide receiver wise when he left the league career touchdowns career yards career receptions he had his jersey retired he was in the first class to get um to get into the hall of fame he's in the packers hall of fame you know so the charter member of the pro football hall of fame 99 touchdowns by the time he left and that wasn't broken ryan for 44 years now this is a guy who was scoring touchdowns um receiving them uh kicking extra points he was injured during the championship game, so they didn't win it. That goes to show the impact that this guy had. And he had three times as many touchdown receptions as any other receiver when he left the game in 1945. Yeah. So it was only Steve Largent that bet it, and unfortunately so for the Seahawks, that bet his 99 touchdown record. Now, an awful lot of his records have been broken since then. And an awful lot of people in Green Bay have beaten his records. But there's a lot of them that actually still stand, and the lads have only equaled it. And but that, yeah, that's, a and that's the thing, though, that those records now uh, are far more don't know how to say it but maybe the game today is mm. far more favorable to beating those records than it was when he was playing and um Stuart Birch in particular does agree with you and he says it's got to be Hudson in the team he changed the game he was the first modern receiver um bearing in mind you said he was playing back in 35 the first modern receiver and I see what he's coming from and he's quite right um free NFL titles and he says he also played on defense he did he was a top safety he actually had uh, the most interceptions 
uh, defensively that year in 1940 playing as a safety mm-hmm. he led the league in interceptions and and I'll just end on this with Don Hudson and it's just on your point that you know in today's league it'd be an awful lot easier he was 70 and he got interviewed and they asked him this has got to show you the wit of the man at 70 they asked him Don like with today's league it's more of a passing league a receiving league how many touchdowns do you th- or how many receptions would you catch in a season do you think now uh you know, if you were playing in the game. And he said, uh, maybe about 50. And he said, only only 50 receptions in a season. He said, yeah, well, I am 70. So it's just <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's just going to show the wit of the man, how sharp he was even then, and just what a nice guy he was. A living legend for me. And I think, and I don't think this is hyperbole, I think he's the best player that has ever played the game out of any position, not even wide receivers. He's the best player to ever play the game. He defined the position, was a legend when he left it, and he's still a legend to me. Well, that is a, certainly a big title to give him and uh, he's probably quite deserving of it. I have to say as well, though, Steve Largent, you quickly mentioned him there and I know I would rarely talk about a, a Seahawk, but he really was an impressive player. So mm. not a bad guy to beat one of his records. Uh, and it was before um, before it was cool to hate the Seahawks. Uh, and he made some amazing catches. So he was a good player anyway. But yeah, um, look, Don Hudson. So I know that you were getting some serious abuse mm. on social media. Yeah from not one or two three haters but 15 16 <laughs> all right man, and myself down. jesus and myself but you know <laughs> we're getting used to this every week but yeah you were getting some serious hatred and i did say i was going to try and wind you up by denying you but i just don't think it's possible you did a pretty good job i kept quiet i didn't jump in i kept quiet and uh i don't think anybody uh, the listeners at home or myself can deny you don hudson he is truly a Packers legend his jersey's been retired and uh, he's gonna be on our UK Pack team oh yeah and he do you know what that's my dude and you stayed quiet which is difficult for you to do I know it is oh, well, well it is. come on I so, can be reserved I really I want to hear your number one guy and I'm going to shut my trap I don't know if I'm going to disagree with it because let's face it it's not as yeah. if you're going to vote for I, I, I think see, I, I think this is one of them a bit like we had with the linebackers where we said look Nitschke's in yeah. But like we said with the defensive line, we said, right, Reggie White's in. Yeah. And then we discuss everyone else. So I think the receivers are a bit the same. I think you put Hudson in and now there's a discussion and there's four, five, six names. Now, at this point, um, 21%, by the way, 21% of the voting listeners agreed with you on Dunn Hudson. So pretty good. Is he the highest? Nope. Ah, what? Donald Don- Driver is the highest, 56%. And again, that might be a bit of recency. Um, it might be as well because he, I think, went over 10,000 yards for the Packers. Mm. So he's a pretty good shout and he's a guy, obviously, I picked up the Packers in, I think, 99 slash 2000. And so for a long time, Donald Driver was the one constant through all those teams I was watching through all those years. So he is a he's a personal favorite of mine as well. Um, yeah, and, and such a great story as well to, to be drafted so late in the rounds Uh and then to, to come into Green Bay and do what he did and form a formidable partnership with Brett Favre mm. uh, and then even catch some, some passes from Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, truly, truly a great player, deserving of a, deserving of a shout. Um, I think there's several others. Sterling Sharp, I think, is another one we all know. Yeah. Um, if we go back to the old days, Boyd Dowler, a great name. Um, Antonio Freeman, who had possibly the... I think the greatest ever play in Monday night football, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. Uh, and I think in many people's opinion, to be fair, uh, I, I think Brett Favre, um, was being blitzed, throws the ball up off his back foot, 
uh, some Vikings quarterback. I, I won't, don't know his name. Can't remember him. Um, basically gets a bit of a touch on the ball, convinces himself he's done enough, starts celebrating, and Freeman somehow catches the ball on the floor, gets up, and just jogs into the end zone mm. uh, whilst the Vikings player still celebrating breaking up a pass so that, if you haven't seen it please go on youtube you will find it just put monday night football antonio freeman something along those lines you will see it um so he deserves a shout uh who haven't i mentioned at this point um oh james lofton james lofton right so i i'll be honest with you i am a little bit bemused i shall use that word rather than angry but bemused Two percent of the voting fans only went for James Lofton. It's well, not getting any better at this point. Do you want to make your case, Ronald, then for James Lofton? Because this is a guy who was drafted in the first round, right? He was expected to do great things, and he did. So, is it the fact that he played in an era that, if you know, the team sucked, and he could still stand out in his position? Uh, yeah, I suppose there was a bit of that. Um, he certainly was one of the best players that played in those teams, as he said. You know. The 80s Packers team were maybe not the best, uh, to say <laughs> the least. Yeah. Um, and he made, not only did he make the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Packers Hall of Fame, but he was also in the 1980s all-decade team. Mm. Um, I think he scored, I've got it here somewhere, nearly 10,000 um, yards uh, and 49 touchdowns. And I think until until Donald Driver came along, I think he was the leading I might be wrong on that, but I think it was Donald Driver that overtook him to be um, the Packers' leading receiver. Mm. Um, if I'm wrong on that, then you know, just send me some more hate mail. I love it. So no, he did. Yeah, <laughs> Donald Driver broke it. Yeah, yeah. So I've got that here. So he was the guy to overtake him. So obviously, we're talking about both these guys right now. Um, James Lofton. Um, he was, like I said, one of the the few highlights, if you like, from those teams, mm. and. I mean, I, I'm not really sure why he's got such a small percentage of the vote. Is it because he played in those 80s teams where, yeah, he was very good, but no one really likes to remember those teams because, in general, those teams weren't very good, mm. you know? But he was selected in the 78 draft from Stanford. Um, in his rookie season, caught, uh, caught 46 passes for 818 yards. Um, he was... As it says here on this on this site, um, he was basically impossible to defend. He had a unique mixture of size and speed. Yeah. Um, he was, if you if you watch any footage of him, he looked unplayable. So, I think, yeah, the the, the bit that he sort of gets, I guess, forgotten on, will be the fact that he didn't play in any of the Packers' great teams. But I think you have to look at the player individually look at the yards that he got um and i think he played 136 games over 500 receptions 9656 yards um just and, and yeah and 49 touchdowns so all right when you compare that to the players around him obviously more yards than Sterling Sharp more yards than Don Hudson uh, Boyd Dowler Freeman Jordy Nelson I think um, and touchdowns wise you know again more than Boyd Dowler um, you know he's up there with the biggest names in the Green Bay Packers receiving call 
So for me, he would be a vote. Um, he's a strong vote. So I'm not I'm not putting him in the team yet, but he's a very strong vote. That very very near for me, he's, he's up there in, in the talk. That's that's all at this point. Okay, I'm very undecided because I think past Don Hudson, it really is a discussion for the next bunch of guys. Yeah, and then we have to pick. You know, if we're picking a wide receiver too, and then we're picking a slot receiver, then there's only one spot up for grabs, and we have to pick between, you know, Lofton, Sharp, and Driver. Now, I'd arguably say maybe could we be cheeky and stick Driver in the slot, but Lofton had caliber even after he left the Packers and went on to the Bills. Sadly, reaching three Super Bowls and not winning any of them. 14,000 yards in his career is crazy good and he was old by the time he finished as well so he was the oldest player to record a 1,000 receiving yards and then Jerry Rice came in and broke that one on him so a lot of his stuff has been broken since uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2003 you know so he's respected by his peers and Ryan the fact that he was catching passes in a pretty sucky Green Bay team and putting up the numbers that he did just showed that kind of like Hudson he was uncoverable and like, look at the guy. He averaged um, 20 yards per catch or more in five seasons. Over, it's like, unbelievable. Over 20 yards a catch? It's unbelievable. Five seasons? Like, that's ridiculous. The only thing I will say that kind of counts against him to a degree is the fact that he did play for so long. So he's going to break an awful lot of records if he hangs around. But, you know, that's not a bad thing the to thing be durable. Is, but the thing is, though, you, you can only hang around in the NFL if you're good enough to hang around in the NFL. Yeah, and as you said, too. towards the end of his career, he then goes off to Buffalo and he continues doing the business mm. um really is a top player i think possibly because he was on those 80s team he's maybe forgotten a little bit um maybe he's not sort of one of the star names that comes out because he wasn't on a star team and i think that's the thing that hurts him the most yeah but still i mean if you were to look at a player and and see that he had 22.4 and 22 yards in 83 and 84 you know re- respectively that why wouldn't he be on your team? You know, geez, if you need a first down, yeah, it's go to Lofton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why not? This is it. Go to Lofton. This is it. So look, I've got a real strong feeling for a player. Okay, a bit like you are with Hudson, I've got a real strong, let's say affiliation, uh, an understanding, uh, almost a brotherhood. Right. With one particular number 85. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's give him the spot and let's see between driver and uh, sharp can we get him out it's also to note is that Lofton rushed uh, 32 times in his career and he averaged 7.6 yards per rush anyway um, Donald Driver broke his record uh, and again we have him top of the pole so again there's that bit of recency bias there one thing I'll say for Driver is, is he's, he was really really consistent I mean if you look at the annals of, of Green Bay the amount of times that he went over a thousand yard seasons is ridiculous um, you know, 2006, he was top five in the league, uh, 1,295 yards. Um, played with Brett Favre, though, and that's the thing is that, of course, he's going to be consistent and good because he's playing with absolutely top caliber. Um, so he's the Green Bay Packers all-time leading receiver in catches. You know, it's kind of when you start bringing up these stats as well, Ron, it's very hard to argue against Driver to get a spot only the fact that we have Lofton in there at the moment. So 743 receptions is what he has. Uh, so he leads the second to that is Sterling Sharp with 595. So that's considerably less. What's that, 150 less? And then he tops the receiving yards with 10,137. Uh, James Lofton is behind him by about 500 yards. Um, 
Hard to, hard to vote against Donald. The Donald. The original the Donald. Yeah, it's definitely hard to vote against him. Um, and again, just a player that almost against the odds became a superstar. And anyone that's been to Green Bay will know how highly everybody holds Donald Driver. I mean, there's the huge statue uh, um, thing, isn't it? It's outside a restaurant, is it? I'm trying to think the name of it. But there's there's a lot of love for Donald Driver around Green Bay. Um, and he was a fantastic player, a fantastic character. Um, he certainly, it's going to be almost impossible to keep him off this team. Mm. Um, but then that would be our three receivers if you're putting James Lofton in. Yeah. So, but it leaves my guy out. Yeah, is there a way that we can get Lofton in as WR2 and the Donald in the slot? But we, like, we, pa- we have to talk about Sterling Sharp, no? I think Sterling Sharp certainly has to get a mention because I think his career come to an end early Mm. um, compared to others. And I think had he played his full amount of time, um, he would have probably been the leading receiver and potentially one of the greatest packers, receiving packers of all time. Yeah, he played in the league from 88 to 94, all with the Packers, got that neck injury, which seemed Mm. innocuous. I was looking at it again today. It was on a block. You know, like, you sort of forget that. You think, oh, it was on a tackle, he came down. And no, he got blocked, and that put him into the NFL. But this guy, Ryan, to, to put it into perspective, like, because he was there, what, six years, six, seven years? James Lofton was in uh, for eight with the Packers. Donald Driver was in for about 700. So this guy had 8,134 receiving yards. So, you know, James Lofton beats him by 1,500 yards. But what's that, like a season for Sharp, you know? Um, and if you look at some of his stats, he came in as a rookie um, and started all games and caught 55 passes. Uh, he's so for more season, uh, he led the league in receptions. And the only person to do that for the Packers was Don Hudson himself. And he ended up going on to break Don Hudson's record then uh, for receptions and receiving yards in a season. So, yeah, you know, he was breaking Don Hudson's records. He was making an impact as a rookie. He put up insane amount of yards for such a short time in Green Bay. It's very hard to pass this guy up. I suppose, as you just said, though, it's, it is kind of... Yeah, because look, at he's, he's second on the all-time leading uh, receptions list with 595. So he beats out Lofton, even though Lofton played... Uh, you know, he beats him out by 65 yeah. receptions. Yeah. Oh, this is hard. It is hard. I think, though, for me, it don't we don't think so much about who's number one, who's number two, who's a slot guy. I think we just put three guys in there um, yeah. rather than getting too picky about it. So mm. when we're, you know, we, we already said that for, for whatever reason, James, James Lofton wasn't voted particularly highly mm. by the fans. Sterling Sharp was actually the guy in second place with 22%, so 1% ahead of Don Hudson, um, 56 to Donald Driver. So they're certainly the three big names that come up from our fans. Yeah. But we're still not touching on my guy. <laughs> I so think, I think I'm going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> I think I might know who this is, but I'm going to be in disbelief if it actually is. Who's your no. guy? My number 85. <laughs> not. It's not Greg Jennings. <laughs> So don't worry. Oh. But it is. And you know who it is. I know who it is. It's the one guy who is a pure hero, a true a, a true legend of the game because he did what he did 
when he was pissed out of his nut. And that is why this man needs to be on the team. You know, every team needs this character on it. This, this Let's call it a locker room presence. Yeah. Now, Before we quickly, Odell, he was doing a one-handed catch. You know, he was doing it way yeah, back then. And, and he didn't have gloves on. No. You know? <laughs> Don't... And I'm sure their pads were really heavy, yeah. as were their jerseys. Oh, yeah. You know, come on. OBJ has nothing on Max McGee. Mm. So, look, should we run everyone by the story? I'll do it real quick. Everyone. Because it is one of our, everybody's favorite stories, isn't it? So, so in Super Bowl one, the Packers play against the Kansas City Chiefs. McGee doesn't really expect to play too much because he's basically the bench guy for this one. Mm. Um, so he decides to go out the night before the game. And as, as you know, obviously, there was a certain Vince Lombardi was the coach. And he was, well, he was, he was known to be quite strict, let's say. Uh, and there was certainly a curfew on his players. And basically anybody that would be out after curfew would, you know, obviously have to suffer the wrath of Vince. So anyway, Max McGee's not too bold. He ain't going to play much the next day in his head anyway. So he goes out and breaks curfew. Uh, and the next morning, after being out all night, drinking and maybe maybe chasing women around, uh, comes back to the hotel, walks in through the lobby to see Bart Starr, who's up for breakfast, reading his paper and having a coffee and he rolls in and I think Bart Starr says something along the lines of you know I, I hope we don't need that guy today or so, something like that there's something not exactly word for word but it's something like that and what's even better is the next morning he runs into the starting wide receiver Boyd Dowler and he says I hope you don't get hurt I'm not in very good shape <sighs> as in I'm battered in today's <laughs> language so anyway of course Boyd Dowler goes down, separates his shoulder on the second drive of the game, and on comes Max McGee, who's been out all night, had hardly any sleep, and hung over. And he comes on, and he has the absolute game of his life. As he said, does the one-handed catch over the middle um, and just just tears it up in Super Bowl one, and, and was one of the main reasons we won the Super Bowl. But not just that, okay? Because I think sometimes... Um, maybe we're a little guilty of thinking that's that was all it was. Um, he had over 6,000 yards for the Packers on 345 receptions. Mm. And he had 50 touchdowns. So oh. he was a he was a huge part through his years from 54 to 67, mm. playing in 148 games. So he was a big part of Packers history, one of the best stories in Packers history. And I just feel like every team needs one of those guys and I feel like it's him well I don't know if he makes it with uh, well I'll tell you what he still put up some numbers he I certainly know. did I don't think he, he certainly beats did. Lofton Sharp or Trivello in terms of yardage all time for Packers he's got receiving yards he's in ninth place it's not bad so what do, what do we do what do we do so we've hooked I don't some... know because we haven't even spoken about James Jones's hoodie <laughs> I mean, As surely that gets a chance. Yeah, uh, so I think there's a bunch of guys that get like honourable mentions, and I think yeah. those guys are the likes of Robert Brooks, um, Jordy Nelson too. Jordy Nelson. I mean, Jordy Nelson. If we wait till the end of his career, he will be very much in the top couple of receivers. I would think. You know, he will be yeah. very much in this conversation. Antonio Freeman is a guy we've mentioned. Greg Jennings, as much as he's not liked and he can't keep his mouth shut at the minute, he's up there in that discussion. You know, there's other names as well. Carol Dale, uh, Billy Houghton, even Randall Cobb. And there's plenty of players here that all get honourable mentions. But I think you were right. Don Hudson, 
you can't argue with what you said. He is in there. He's he's probably number one choice. And then you have to decide, I think, now. You've got Donald Driver, James Lofton, Sterling Sharp. Um, Boyd Dowler we haven't even really spoken about. Another guy that was near enough 7,000 yards um, and 40-odd and 40 touchdowns. Mm. You know, playing between 59 and 69. That's 10 years for the Packers. So there's lots of guys there. And somehow we've got to get another two names out of those. So who do we knock off? And by that, I simply mean don't make the team. That's, that's it. Don't murder. Um, I don't know. Do we go to the fan group? Do we go to the list, the poll? Well, they very, they overwhelmingly voted Donald Driver. So I feel like we should honour their vote yeah. and Donald Driver should make the team. Okay. So Donald Driver joins Don Hudson. Don Hudson. And we have a third spot, which I think at this point, my choice would be James Lofton. Yeah. But 23% of our fans now voted for Sterling Sharp. And to be fair, I would have almost gone for James Lofton and Sterling Sharp and Donna Hudson. Mm. Well, so let me, I tell you what, diff- let me have the vote. I go Sterling Sharp. This guy, you know, he's on a, only one of seven players to lead the league in receiving yards, touchdowns and receptions in a season. And he joins Don Hudson in that. And Don Hudson did it three times. Um, And I think had he played longer, he'd dominate. So how about I weigh in and say, listen, fellas, on the poll, let's go for Sterling Sharp. Yeah, I'm going there. Go on, go on with them. Um, You're going Sterling Sharp. Sterling Sharp, yeah. How can he leave James? All right, okay, fine, we'll do it. But I'm just going to let you know now, that's 9,656 yards. And 49 touchdowns that we're leaving out of our team. Yeah. But okay, it's fine. I'm sure you're all right. I won't even talk about it. Yeah, I'll take the heat on Twitter over it. That's fine. I was already taking the heat over Hudson anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. My that's rival. all right. More hate mail in the post. Yeah. We love it. Send it to UK Packers HQ. So look, what position are we going to do next week? Because we have left the offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, which I think we'll probably include the tight ends on. Yeah. And we have the secondary. So we're starting to get to the end of our... We're starting to really form our team now. Well, maybe we complete all... I know we're kind of alternating and doing it, but maybe in the spirit of Jerry Kramer being in the finalist list for the seniors for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Why don't we just go O-line and tight ends? Okay, let's do it. Cool. That's going to be a big one. Oh, yeah. That is going to be a big one. Okay, so O-line next week then and tight end. So yeah, the next time we'll be back, which is will be on Sunday into Monday, and with the Denver Broncos game being on super late, myself and Ryan will be in UK Packers HQ together, snuggle up on their little fleecy blanket, eating Doritos and uh, all the rest of that good stuff, watching the game at two a.m. of a Sunday morning, and we'll be there. You're to re- give me a foot rub this time. No, no way, not those oh. yokes. So. Um, <laughs> that's offensive yeah so we'll be witches then and we'll review the game and it'll all start to kind of shake out to see who the starters are going to be at wide receiver let's see the running back situation going on uh, we're bound to see more Aaron Rodgers what running gonna... back situation oh what come on we haven't got we haven't seen a running back yet oh right yeah well maybe that's the situation sorry Look, still any- getting angry yeah, anytime someone says this situation, it's always bad. I always think of Jordy, Jordy Shore. Jersey Shore? What was it? Jordy Shore? God, Jersey Shore. They're all the same. 
Um, so from myself at NFL on Twitter, from the group at UK Packers, from me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock, it's goodbye for now. Bye.